Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Welcome back, everybody. As we kind of, we're starting to wrap up and finish out our Healing from the Inside Out series. I'm excited to have every single one of you here listening and watching today. And today we're going to talk about the word attitude. Our attitudes, what Christ's attitude was like. What is your attitude fixated on right now? Do you have a good attitude, a bad attitude, a frustrated attitude? Because your attitude is proof that you are healed. By now, towards the end of this series, we should have gone through and done things and changed up things, started learning how to worship different, show reverence different. We have engaged in forgiveness, I pray, so that all those bad roots that were on the inside of us have now been replaced with righteousness of God, that we're just saying, look, God, we're not perfect. This book right here, the Bible, it is filled with tons of people that were not perfect. They were messy people. They were sinful people, but God loved them, and he loves you also. And so by accepting that love, which is a choice, faith is a choice, you believing in the word of God that it's true and putting your trust in it, that's a choice. Have you made that choice? Have you accepted what Christ has given you in the free gift of salvation? And are you healed? What's the proof of that? Your attitude is what's the proof of that? Romans ten sixteen says, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. So let's just change that. Instead of Israelites, let's just say all the people, because that includes you and me. But not all the people accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. My job, our job as a team here at Impact Over Influence is to give you the word of Jesus Christ because it's the only thing that's going to have any sort of impact on you. It's the only thing that's going to change you and your life and your circumstances. And so our attitude reflects that. People change in four different seasons. Hurt enough that they have to. They see enough that they are inspired to. They learn enough that they want to. Or they receive enough that they are able to. Those four different seasons. Which one of those do you feel like fits you the best? Have you been hurt enough so that you're forced to change? Have you seen enough that somebody else has gone through? Have you witnessed something in somebody else that it inspires you to have that yourself? Have you gained more knowledge through the word now? Like you've learned enough that you actually want to. You see your eyes have been opened to the goodness of God through this whole Healing from the Inside Out series that you're like, okay, I've now gained the knowledge. Now I want to. Or have you, have you received enough that you're actually able to? So many people don't prosper in their lives because they don't know. They haven't received it yet. We get so confused at so many people that still have bad attitudes or still hold on to their hurt. But the reality of it is they've never received Jesus for him to be able to take it from them, y'all. And showing those kind of people grace is something that I'm trying to be more inspired to actually do because I get so put out with people that don't change based on their own ignorance. I'm just like, why can't they get it? Instead of showing them grace that they, they do because they don't know any different. Maybe that's you. Let's start having the attitude to show others grace in this 
season to come in our lives in general. So I just ask for you, which one of those kind of resonates with you? The evidence of the change of your life is your attitude. I kind of open with that. The attitude of the woman at the well. You know, once she received Jesus, she left whatever it was at the well and she ran back to Samaria to talk about Jesus. Her attitude had changed. Her attitude about her Christ, her attitude about herself, her attitude towards others. What all had her bound, she was released from at that point. The man at the pool, he received healing. Guess what? His attitude changed because he had been healed. He got to live life differently on his own feet. And the woman who touched the garment in the Gospels, her attitude changed because what she had suffered, been suffering with for 12 years finally wasn't, it wasn't holding her back anymore. Her attitude. Do you have an attitude that shows others you've received healing? Does your attitude show others that you are now free, that you're walking in freedom, you're living in freedom, you're able to love again. You're able to be loved again. Maybe that's you. Our attitudes are made up of three different components, okay? It takes three things that are going to make up your attitude, your feelings, your behavior, and your beliefs. Do you feel like God is present in any of these threes? Do you feel like you have feelings of the Spirit? We just came out of worship, okay? I pray that you feel the presence of God in your life now more than ever. Your feelings, your behavior. Are you living out the commands of God? Have you stopped with the behaviors that are sinful, that aren't a reflection of Jesus in your life? Have you, have you put that behind you? And now you have behaviors that are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Are your behaviors reflecting that? And then your beliefs. Your beliefs are your, is your knowledge. But not only, just like we read right there in Romans, not only hearing, faith comes from knowing. Faith comes from believing what you have heard. That's the attitude that I'm talking about. Having an attitude that is different, that is noble, that is holy. Your attitude says, no matter how I, what all's going on around me, no matter the circumstance, my attitude is going to reflect who I serve. That's the attitude of being healed. And none of us are capable of having this. You can't do this on your own. There's not enough self-help books out there. There's not enough happy pills. There's not anything that you can put in your body or on your body that can replace the Holy Spirit. And only through him are you able to, to do any of this? Are you able to have an attitude that's centered around Christ? The spirit of Jesus is how we're able to live a life of change. And so the first set of scriptures I'm going to read real quick is going to be in Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to start in verses, Matthew chapter 17, verses 14. I'll probably read through 20. When they came to the crowd, a man who approached Jesus and knelt before him, Lord, have mercy on my son, he says. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire, into water, and I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus then rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. 
Okay, number one, all people that have seizures is not a demonic influence. Let's just clear that up right out the gate. But this little boy, the demonic presence and the demonic spirit on him would cause him to harm, harm himself by falling into fire, falling into water. And the disciples weren't able to help him. The, the dad went to the disciples first, but they weren't able to do it. And Jesus is like, man, how long do I got to be here with y'all? Because he knew his time was coming to be short. So he's like, y'all are my people. Y'all got to understand that I've given you permission to the authority that I have. I've given you permission to be healed and to heal others. Why aren't you doing it? Jesus casts it out. Jesus heals this boy. And later the disciples are like, man, why couldn't we do it? And he's like, because of your faith. Faith comes from hearing and believing. Do you believe? Do you believe enough and have the attitude that you're not going to resort back from the things that you've already been healed from, that, you, that you're going to be able to move forward and not fall back into this, to the same old things? By doing that, you have to die to yourself every single day. By doing this, you have to understand, you might have been good for three years. Guess what? It takes one hiccup to throw you back off track. It takes one bad day or one bad person or one bad situation to take you totally off rails of the track that you're actually on. Because every day we have to surrender to our old selves. Every day we have to acknowledge of how far we've come and have the attitude of Christ to say, Lord, I'm going to take this captive because I don't want to go back to where I've been. I'm believing you for this. The issue is they had so little faith. The fact that it says disciples here, we know that it wasn't a matter of quality of their faith or quantity of their faith. It was a matter of quality of their faith. More than one of them was here trying to do this thing, but they still couldn't get it done. So I asked myself, well, if there was more than one of them there and it still couldn't do it, it had nothing to do with the amount of people. It had to do with the quality of their hearts, the quality of their faith. They tried and it didn't work. Because they were lacking in something. And Jesus tells them right there. All you got, the amount of faith you got to have is a little bit as a mustard seed. Do you know how big a mustard seed is? Y'all Google it. Google it. As soon as this podcast is over, Google. How big is a mustard seed? And it's going to give you a visual to know how small that actually is. And if something that small can move a mountain. You know, I think that we we think like physical mountains. What he's saying is the mountains in your lives, y'all. Y'all are coming up against some steep cliffs. Y'all are coming up against things that you can't see the top of, just like you can't see the top of a mountain. These are the mountains that Jesus is talking about. But by having faith in me and trusting in me and believing in me and operating in the authority and the power and the confidence that I have given you, not of yourself, but what I've given you, that is how you're going to be able to move this mountain from here to there. You're going to be able to produce change in your life because of what I'm doing inside of you and what you're believing me for. God has given you permission to access his authority. Do you stay, maybe do you, do you do this? Do you stay held back from healing because of your lack of faith? Do you really not believe that God can do it? Ask him. That's my answer to that. Ask him. Have you asked him? Have you given up something for him? Have you prayed to him? Have you asked him? Because he's, he's right there waiting and he's saying, ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door will be open. That's what his word says. But we don't ask. Instead, we blame him for the lack of our results, but we've never asked him to come in and make the change. 
He wants to prove to you who he is. And he wants to do it through you also. Why do you think that if Jesus was still alive, he still, the disciples were supposed to engage in those holy acts? But you, what we think here on earth that God doesn't want us to, us to use his power. No, he does. He's asking. He asked them and he's saying, how long do I have to stay with you because you're not doing it? Let's upgrade our faith. Let's stop lacking in the areas that we, we, we disbelieve. Instead, let's start operating in our authority. I have a quote here by Joyce Myers that just blew me away. Mama Joyce, man, you talk about a woman that's really anointed. Faith, described in a very basic way, is living with a positive attitude that comes from a deep trust in God. Your faith, described by a positive attitude, and the positive attitude is a result from how much you trust God. Last week, we talked about things we needed to change, things we needed to exercise, things that we needed to give up through fasting, all to gain a deeper trust in God, a desired relationship. Well, now we're talking about the attitude that we have from the faith in that. We believed for it. We were obedient. Now it's changed our attitude. Why? Because we trust in God more. We talked a few weeks ago about Paul's attitude. That he chose to have the attitude of praise even while he was in prison. And how we can do that also. Even before the mountains moving, we can still praise God through the storm. So I did quite a bit of studying on Job. It's going to be in the Old Testament right before Psalms. And as I was studying Job, the first verses of Job say that Job was a good guy. He was the greatest man in all the East. It says Job had a family. He had finances. He was a good guy. He honored God. He didn't doubt God. Job was the man. Job was an honest man. He was honest inside and out. He devoted to God and he turned away from evil, Scripture says. He was very wealthy. I said that earlier, but he also did something that I've never really noticed until I was studying him this time. And that is that he would make sacrifices on behalf of his kids. And I was just like, man, you talk about a noble guy. He even devoted his children to God. That's how much he observed God. He was the greatest man in all the East. I'm going to read real quick from the NIV version. I'm going to I'm going to read from both versions today, meaning the message and the NIV, for different reasons. But this first set of verses I'm going to read, it's going to be Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Job was blameless and upright. He feared the Lord and shunned evil. That's in the first verse. But in 6 it says, One day the angels came to present themselves before God, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his household and everything that he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse your face. 
So we know right there that Satan was roaming the earth. I want to tell you right now, Satan is roaming the earth. And he's trying to find something that he can attack. And God's like, how about Job? And I think to myself, why on earth would God offer somebody for God to test? And I'm going to tell you, if the whole story of Job was for no reason but for you and me, then that's why God did it. And you're going to know by the end of this what the reasoning for that was. And the devil's saying, like, there's a reason why he fears you. There's a reason why you must have a hedge of protection around him. God's like, no, he loves me. He loves me. Satan doubts your devotion to God also. Satan's job, once you become a believer, he knows that he can't snatch you from the palms of God, but he can make you reject God. He can make you not walk in your purpose. He can derail you from the promises that God has poured into you. Do you understand that? Your salvation is there, but your sanctification can shift. That's the devil's job. And so the devil's like, I guarantee you I'll put him through enough that he'll curse you, God. God's like, okay. So from that point on, Job's life started to change. Satan took away his family, his fortune, his friends, his health. It just kept going on and on and on throughout scripture. But the one thing that God says, God tells him, you can touch anything, but you cannot touch him. You can't take his life. You can do whatever you want to to him. You can strip him, but you can't do that. Satan's like, all right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to read Job 19. I'm going to flood down to 19 because I feel like we really need to observe the desperation that Job had. I'm going to read from the message verse in Job 19, 13 through 27. God alienated my family from me. Everyone who knows me avoids me. My relatives and friends have all left. House guests forgot I ever existed. The servant girls even treat me like a bum off of the street. Look at me. They look at me like they've never seen me before. I call my attendant and he ignores me. Ignores me even though I plead with him. My wife can't stand to be around me anymore. I'm repulsive to my family. Even street urchins despise me. When I come out, they taunt and jeer. Everyone I've been close to ignores me. My dearest loved ones reject me. I'm nothing but a bag of bones and my life hangs by a thread. Oh, friends, dear friends, take pity on me. God has come down hard on me. Do you have to be hard on me too? Don't you ever get tired of abusing me? If only my words were written in a book. See, he didn't know it was going to be written in the Bible. If only my words were written in a book, better yet, chiseled in stone, still I know that God lives, the one who gives me back my life. And eventually he'll take his stand on earth and I'll see him. Even though I got skinned alive, I see God myself with my very own eyes. Oh, how I long for the day. Every single bit of what he described, everything's been taken from him. Everyone shuns him. He's lost it all. Bottom of the barrel. In total torment. I'm nothing but a bag of bones and my life hangs by a thread. What? If you ever think you've been in despair, you go read Job. Please, please go read Job. Because I know whenever I was reading these verses to study for this episode, I just thought, man, Lord, I have had so much pity on myself. Yet Job says, still, I know that God lives. No matter how mad he was at God, no matter how much he resented God, no matter how much he didn't understand God, he still observed God and God's power. 
He knew that one day he would see God. He knew that one day God would take the earth back and he trusted in him. He was begging that God make this go ahead and pass because he knew that God was capable of doing it. I want to ask you, do you, have you ever felt like Job? Have you ever doubted God and why he's doing this? Think about it, y'all. This man was the best in all the East. He loved the Lord and he shunned evil. We read that from the very beginning. That's more than what I can say about myself. The sin that I've acquired in, the torment that I've chose to reap upon myself. Job didn't do any of that. Job didn't ask for it. But God knew that Job would not fall into the temptation to rebuke him. He knew that he would stand firm in his faith and in his trust in God Almighty. God was like, Satan, you think you can take this one from me. You think that you can turn Job against me, but you can't. Ask yourself if, if, if that's how you would be. Can Satan do things to you to make you speak evil against God? How much would it take for you? What does that look like for you? Because Satan knows what he can do. And I look at it like, man, God, why would you give him, give Satan permission to do all this to Job, knowing that he didn't deserve it? I ask myself, who am I to say what Job deserved or what he didn't deserve? And I love that in those verses, if only my words were written in a book, they were written in a book, Job. For me and all of humanity to be able to study and be encouraged by the God that you still chose to serve. That's the attitude of being healed. Job knew that even when this life was over, he knew where he was going to go reside to be with his father in heaven. Do you? Do you know? Do you have full confidence that any kind of thing that's going to make you perish here on earth still, you know that you were going to receive a reward in heaven? When you doubt all that's in around you, just like that, still don't doubt God. Because Job didn't. Now I'm going to read. We're going to skip through. I really encourage you guys to read this yourselves. The story of Job will forever change all of us and I'm thankful for that so I'm gonna I'm gonna read now I'm gonna jump to Job 42 and I'm gonna read verses one through five so much went out through God God even he even had people that were supposed to encourage him and they didn't and he's like it's easy for y'all to say it's easy for y'all to question me even people were questioned just go ahead Job say that God is fake say God isn't for you Job say it and Job was like I can't I can't discredit God. I can't speak bad about him. I couldn't, he couldn't do it. And he's like, look, y'all want me to say these things. And if you were in my shoes, you probably would, but I can't. So all of it comes to an end. And here's what Job says. In 42, I'm going to start in one. I'm convinced you can do anything and everything, God. Nothing and no one can upset your plans you asked, who is this muddying the water, ignorantly confusing the issue, second-guessing my purposes? Surely I spoke of things that I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now, now my eyes have seen you. I just, Job is admitting there that I got it messed up. He says in verse two, I admit it. I was the one. I babbled on about things beyond, far beyond me. I made small talk about wonders way over my head. You told me 
to listen and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. I admit, I once lived by rumors of you, but now I know who you are firsthand. I just pray that we all learn how to do that, that we know God and his power firsthand, that we know the healing that we've experienced through Christ firsthand, that we not be running around sharing testimonies on YouTube for other people to be encouraged, but understand that we need to have one of our own, a testimony of deliverance, a testimony of healing, a testimony of saying, look, I should be angry at him, but I'm not mad at him anymore. A testimony that says, yes, I've forgiven and I have forgotten. Why? Because the God that I serve casts sin from east to the west. And because of him being in me and doing things through me, I'm able to be healed also. That's what Joe's saying. Like, I don't got to ride on the coattail of the, my ancestors' faith anymore. I don't have to keep written it from the scrolls that were written about, written about God. Instead, I know him myself. I have relationship with God myself. He has allowed me to go through some things all for me to go ahead and give him the glory at the end like I am right now. God restored Job. Following this in the verses, he ends up saying how he poured so many more blessings on Job, way more than what he ever had before. Job was then interceding for his friends and God restored all of his fortune. And then he doubled it. He had beautiful daughters and sons. And after this, all after all of this took place, Job lived to be a hundred, lived a hundred and forty years. As I read this now, it makes me think how Job went, was going through a time where he just wanted to be over with. But think about it. If if it was if it was over with then when in his most despair, think about all those blessings that he would have missed out on. 140 years of blessings that he would have missed out on if he would have given up. If he would have listened to Satan and said, you know what, I hate you, God. Do you understand that if you don't choose this healing that we've talked about week after week after week, if you do not choose this, if you do not choose to put your faith in what you're hearing through the word of God, and you choose to deny God all the blessings that he wants to pour out on you, you will remove yourself. God's not removing it from you. You're removing it from you. Are you willing to do that or are you willing to change your attitude? The story of Job comforts me because it displays how God's power also protects us. God told the devil in the very beginning, he said, you can take all of his things. You can do that, but you can't take him. You can't touch him. You need to understand that God's doing the same thing for you also. You can choose your own despair, but only God knows what's going to come from it. Only God needs to be the one to say, that one, you can't touch that one. There's no other power or principality that can have you protected like God can. But people, you and I, we choose to bring things upon ourselves we allow the devil to come in and we believe the lies that he tells us. We don't have the power to tell Satan how far he can go. I want to say that because I'm trying to bring some reality to this. Whenever we try to tap into sin, we think that, okay, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna smoke this for a little bit and then I'm gonna get then I'm gonna get straight. And you really think you have the control over that. You really think that you have that much willpower and that much discernment that you can play with sin and say if you're gonna get a DWI or not. I got news. That's not how it works. Sin will always take you farther than you ever wanted to go, and it will always cost you more than you were ready to spend. You can't tell the devil how far he can go. God does. But if you say yes to Satan, God can't say no to Satan for you. You make your choices. That's why living a healed life, a life in submission to the Spirit, is the only way that we're able to rebuke the things that we're not even able to see. If God has allowed something to go past the boundary in my life, I know that he has, he has poured sufficient grace over me to survive. I wrote that down and I don't even have the strength enough to say it, so I have to read it. There's been times in my life that I, I do feel like, man, God, why did you allow that to happen? And God's like, I allowed it to happen because I provided you with everything that you needed to actually get through it. People allow evil to come into their lives. God wants to make those changes in us. He wants to restore us double, just like he did Job. But we have to believe for it. We have to stay the course. Job cried out with anger and sadness, but he never discredited who God was or God's power. On the days that you're sad, praise him anyway. On the days you're confused, praise him anyway. Through all these middle verses and the more that it got bad and the more people that started hating him and reject him and his health and everything that he had that he lost, he still understood who God was. And so sometimes you might be speaking to the storm also. Sometimes you might say, I want this to end and cry out to God. But even when the storm doesn't change, you need to know who is in the boat with you. You need to know that God still has the final say in your life if you choose to believe that. You need to know that he is a God that will restore what has been stolen. God was proven to Satan, you can't change his love for me because he's mine. Just because things around you aren't good doesn't mean that God isn't good. Know his character, know who he is, know that he loves you. And choose to hold on to that because the devil's going to do anything that he can to try to convince you otherwise, just like he did Job. Satan truly thought, I can make him go against you. And God's like, no, you can't. Same thing goes with scripture. Just because people don't think and they don't believe that the word of God is true doesn't mean that it isn't true. Just because what you see or what you hear doesn't add up to what you know. You have to know what you don't know. You have to dig in. You have to ask. You have to seek so that it will be given to you. But don't allow the devil to discredit what you do know, what you do trust. Either you believe it or you don't because faith comes from believing. Just like those disciples, if they knew, they would have never hesitated their power that they actually had because Jesus, Jesus gave it to them. Don't doubt no matter what Job went through, he still didn't doubt. Our attitude has to be in total reflection of our faith. Those disciples that couldn't cast that out, they had an attitude of doubt, not an attitude of authority. Your attitude is a reflection to who you are, what you have access to. 
know what that is. The faith comes from hearing. Verse reminds me of the exposure. You can't have faith if you aren't surrounded by it, okay? This is knowing people. This is being in a church home. This is reading the word yourself. This is worshiping through song. Faith comes through hearing, being exposed. But freedom comes from habits. That's your evidence. When your attitude is an attitude that you have been restored and released from things, that's the evidence of what's really gone on inside you. That's the change that we're talking about. And your healing and attitude can change. It can. You can be the person that's like, well, this is just how it's always going to be. No, it's not, unless you believe that it is, and that's your own attitude. You have, the, have to have the attitude to be optimistic to know God's goodness, even when you don't understand his methods. Is your healing and attitude reflecting the evidence that God is present in your life? If people watch the way you live, they watch the way you talk, they watch the way that, they, that you treat others, is that evidence there of who you serve? Because when people were looking on Job, they're expecting this God that you serve, then where is he? Same thing when Jesus was on the cross. This, if you are the king of the Jews, tell your God to come down. Jesus could have called legions of angels, scripture says, and he didn't. Why? For you and I. Same thing as God, that God did with Job. Job went through all that he went through. Why? Because God knew what the end result was going to be. He knew that, that Job was going to be restored in full plus some. God knows the end of your story also. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Will you stay the course? Will you allow, will you stay in the boat with him during the storm? You can create a better attitude by new patterns. There's things that go on neurologically. There are pathways that are, that can be changed and they're called micro habits. Micro habits are little bitty things that you can change day to day to day. This is saying like, okay, I'm going to quit cussing. That's a micro habit. Being aware of it. What's a micro habit that you need to do? Maybe you need to quit apologizing all the time. Maybe you're a person that walks on eggshells thinking that everything's about to blow up because you really aren't healed from the past of what did blow up. Who are you in Christ? Are you a new creation? Have you died to your old self? These are the micro habits I'm talking about. Displaying God's power through your actions. I'm not beat up and battered anymore. I don't look for people to betray me anymore. I've been able to forgive because of Jesus. So I'm going to change my habit into thinking everybody is out to get me. Is your attitude because of who you are or what you have? Or is it because of who, because of who God is and what he has? I ask you this because if the way you handle life is all about based off of your circumstance, then you need, to ch you need to check your attitude to make sure that it aligns with the word of God. Because one day you may not have what you have, and that's going to affect your attitude. One day you may not be in the location that you are now. It can affect your attitude. Your attitude has to be focused and in alignment with who God is and that he has the kingdom of all kingdoms. He is in the heavenly realms. So my attitude is fixed on that. My feelings, my behavior, and my beliefs.
throughout this healing series, the whole purpose of it was that we can graduate to the new level. Let's get out of kindergarten, right? We've learned so many things that we didn't know before. I know I have. I pray that on you. That your eyes have been opened to things that you never thought about before. That it's changed the way that you consume things. It's changed the way that you treat people. It's changed the way that you read scripture. So that we can have whatever is next for us. We are made to complete each other and not compete with each other. I said this earlier today. I've said this a lot lately, honestly. Because I think God has really displayed to me the difference in the life that I'm living versus the life that I used to live. It was like, let me do it before they do it because they might do it better and I got to be the first. The body of Christ is, does not operate that, operate that way. The body of Christ is meant to complete. We're meant to complete one another. Where you lack, let me step in. Where I lack, I'll let you step in. Whatever God's blessed you with, he wants me to be able to use also. I pray that we can have the attitude of Christ because the attitude of Christ was to be a servant. But we're so stingy with ourselves and our what we have and we hold on to all these accolades and God's like, look, I gave you that so that I could use that and now you won't let me. Allow God to come in and have the attitude that you just want to be able to be used. You just want to be a vessel. You just want whatever it is that he has for you and your family and your future. Stop finding people who have it easier than you and being angry or jealous of them. This is something I think we've all struggled at at times because when Job was going through all that, he couldn't help but tell them, you don't know how this feels. You don't know what I'm going through. You haven't lost what all I have. Your family hasn't shunned you. You aren't bones living your life is on a thread. And we end up gaining all this resentment towards people that that was never their fault. It was never their cross to bear. But you're so salty because you think you have it so bad that you won't even open up your eyes to what somebody else may be going through. Get over that. It's selfish. We are meant to complete each other, not compete with each other. What you look at that may not be any kind of problem might be detrimental to somebody else and the reason they can't get out of bed every day. Allow Jesus in you to show grace and mercy and kindness because that's what we're meant to do as a body of believers. Don't look at every situation like, well, I don't know why they're so messed up over that. That ain't nothing compared to what I've been through. That's not your job. You don't need to see their life through a lens that you, it's not for you. Your attitude is a testament of the rank that your redemption holds. If you truly feel like you have been redeemed, if you truly know that you have been reconciled and justified through Jesus, then your actions should reflect that rank in your life. If your actions, no one, anybody can tell from one day to the next, if they're looking at you from behind, they would never know that you're a Christian. Then that means that your redemption does re doesn't really have a high rank in your lives. Our fruits, Matthew 7 says, you will know them by the fruits that they bear. You will know them because of their attachment to me as a branch. How does your attitude reflect that? I have our last three reflective questions, and then we'll wrap up today. Do you want God to change your attitude? Are you sick of being bowed up and angry at everything? 
looking for one thing to set you off. Do you want to have an attitude like Christ? Do you want to have the attitude that you are healed now? The second question is, do you understand that you have no reason to be mad at God? The devil is the one that brings bad upon us. God doesn't. And if God is permitting something for you to go through something, he's also providing you with all that you need to get through it. He has given you the sufficient amount of grace that you need to overcome it. Trust him in that. And the last question is, can you surrender to God what you're struggling with? You need to know that if you struggle with it, okay, you don't have to surrender to it. Job, he was struggling with the attacks from the devil, but he didn't have to surrender to the devil. He didn't surrender to the devil. He stayed surrendered to God and his majesty. Just because you struggle with it doesn't mean that you have to claim it upon yourself. Doesn't mean that you have to surrender to it. I pray over you. I pray that this healing through the inside out has done something on the inside of you. And more than that, I pray that it's done something on the inside of the people that are around you, over your friends, over your coworkers, over your spouses, that they're able to see the change that has happened inside of you and that they want that to happen on them, to happen to them. I pray that God's equipped you through this series with the verses that you need to stand on, that you can speak to the storm and not surrender to it. I ask you that if you have any questions over this series, that you would reach out to me, that you would follow us on Facebook and Instagram, that you would hit up our website for any kind of merch if you're wanting access to any of that. At the end of the month, I'm going to be speaking east of Dallas, about 30 minutes east of Dallas in Roy City. If you are somewhat up there in that vicinity of Texas, please come and, and see us and speak with us and let me hug your neck. Just know that all the messages that you guys send me, it encourages me more than you will ever know. I ask that you send this episode to somebody so that it may encourage them and, and brighten their day and give them some truth to be able to stand on. That We, we do. We want to encourage people that we love, but if we don't give them the word of God, then they don't have anything to sustain them. And I don't have all the answers and I don't know all the things, but I do know that I can access the one who does through scripture. I pray that you have a great rest of your day and that you go spread Jesus.